Welcome to the Art and Science of Difficult Conversations. I'm Chris. And I'm Lucy, and we love having difficult conversations. That's right. And each week, we'll either share a tip, hear how others have gotten better at difficult conversations, or demonstrate common difficult conversations and what to do and what not to do. Let's get into it. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Art and Science of Difficult Conversations. This week, I'm just going to go through some quick tips in understanding how to ask good questions, because curiosity is really the key to showing somebody that you are listening, that you care about them. The problem is, some of us don't know how to use them effectively or know when to use them, because the extremes on both ends are you don't ask any questions, and you're not listening and you're just telling somebody what to do or telling somebody your opinion and you're not being curious. The other extreme is you only ask questions and then it just ends up feeling like an interrogation. So there's actually a balance of questions. So let's just dive into it. And I'm really going to go over a couple of things. Number one, why use questions? Why are questions so powerful? And I actually think there's a great book called Questions Are the Answer. And it goes through kind of why questions are important and how to do them well. But we'll really go through why are questions important and what's the benefit of asking a good question, how to ask questions, so how to ask good questions. And I'm actually also going to cover when you should be asking questions. So let's dive into it. Number one, why ask good questions? Well, questions can really have a few different benefits. Number one, it gets the other person thinking. If you ask a good, powerful question, you can interrupt their thought process. You know, you've thought about it when you've asked somebody a question and they stop and they say, that's a good question. And they start thinking about it and they have to think through the answer. It interrupts the automatic tape that's going through somebody else's mind. Secondly, it can help move the conversation forward. A good, powerful question can really move the conversation forward so you're not just thinking about what's wrong and why is this, why are things the way it, they are. Next it takes the pressure off you to think of ways to convince the other person to behave differently. A lot of times in hard conversations or conflict, you you want the other person to think a different way or behave differently. And you could tell them, but that's not going to change their minds. What's really going to work is if they start thinking about reasons why they need to change or why another viewpoint is different is better. So asking a question helps them come up with the idea. You know, If I ask you to think of a pink elephant... You're going to think of a pink elephant, but the reality is your brain will always know that I said it first so that it'll always attribute it to me. Questions allow the other person to come up with it in the first place. So the trick is, can I ask you questions that make you think of a pink elephant? And then if you think of it first, if you are, if it's your spontaneous idea, you believe it. That's another powerful reason why you to use good questions. Another reason, it helps reframe the entire problem for the other person. If you can ask the question and subtly change some of the words, it helps zoom out. It helps make them look at it in a completely different way that they may not have seen before. And the last reason, which I actually think is really powerful, it gives power to the other person. A lot of times in, when we're talking about difficult conversations, I talk about the idea of power, especially in a work setting. You know, if you're talking to somebody who feels like they have less power than you, then they're going to be on the defensive the entire time in these hard conversations. Asking questions can allow the other to, can empower the other person to take ownership of part of the conversation. And that's a really powerful thing. The more powerful they feel, the more they feel like they're equal to you. 
the less they have to be on the defensive and the more they're going to be able to engage in the conversation. So that's a lot of good reasons why. Now, how can you ask good questions? What are the guidelines for asking powerful questions? The biggest and I think the most obvious one that people talk about, ask open-ended questions. I want to broaden your thought process of what an open-ended question and a closed-ended question is. We all know, or we most of us get the idea that closed-ended questions just end in a yes or no. I submit to you that closed-ended questions are any questions that end in one or two word answers. So for instance, if I ask you, what's your birthday? March 5th. That's the end of the questioning. That's the end of the discussion. There's no further way you can go. Open-ended questions invite the other person to share more. It's more than just a few words that you can answer, but it it brings in a lot of different things that they can share. What's your favorite way to celebrate your birthday is a open-ended question. It allows for expansion and allows for you to explore more on what's going on. I would also always suggest don't ask why. Why is a very tricky one because a lot of times it can feel like an interrogation. It feels like they're the other person's immediately on the defensive. There are ways you can use why. You know, if you're talking about something third person you're both agreeing you're talking about something else you know why is the economy going through inflation you know that's uh that's very clearly not focused on the other person unless you're asking a political debate right but otherwise it's a it's a third party it's not directed towards the person so that's one way you can use why and it won't seem interrogative second guideline for asking good questions is avoid hidden suggestions have you thought about it this way? Have you tried this? Have you considered doing this? That's a hidden suggestion. You're trying to tell them to do something or think of something, but you're asking it a question because you think that'll be more received more gently or softly. The problem is they know it's a suggestion and it doesn't lead anywhere. Have you tried this? Yeah, I tried it before. It doesn't work. So then where do you go from there? All you can do is ask, continue giving more suggestions, but that won't really help, right? You're trying to avoid hidden suggestions. You're trying to be curious. Keep the question as simple as possible. What else can we try here that we haven't tried yet? They might, they might, that might still invite the other person to go through all the things that they've tried before, but at least it's open. It allows them a chance to talk a lot. Third thing you want to think about is ask only one question at a time. This is the one that I struggle with the most, not question stacking. So asking multiple questions. My problem is I always ask multiple questions because in the middle of asking a question, I think of another way to ask, or I think of a way I want to clarify it. That's not really helpful. A better way of handling that is don't say anything at all. Use silence after asking a question so that you can take your time to formulate what you need to ask. I had a manager that used to take 10 second pauses before she ever said anything to us every time I said we said something. We would say something, there'd be a 10 second pause where she would just be kind of looking at us and then she would ask a question or talk or share her ideas or something. And she was really great. You know, this is not a criticism of her. This is, you know, she was the best manager I've ever had. But it's still unnerving. It was still a very unnerving habit that we had to get used to and it made us always stress about, should I be saying more? Am I forgetting something? Did I say something wrong? I'm not saying you got to wait 10 seconds. I'm just suggesting take a few extra beats to think through, is this question the best way to ask this question? Do I need to simplify it? Do I need to rephrase it? 
or do I just need to say nothing, right? Sometimes it's okay to just use silence and not say anything at all and let the other person ponder what they've said to you. So those are some guidelines. And also, closed-ended questions are useful if you're talking to a person that over-talks. If you are talking to a person that shares and shares and shares, you could actually use closed-ended questions strategically to slow them down to not talk as much. Use a yes or no question, get them to just answer yes or no, focus on that, and then try to move the conversation forward. But a lot of times, if somebody's overly talkative, closed-ended questions help to slow down the conversation and limit how they're much they're chatting. The last thing I want to share with you today, I mentioned that if you ask, the extreme is if you ask too many questions, it becomes interrogative. It becomes, it feels like interrogation. You don't want that to happen either. Powerful questions are really great at moving the conversation forward. And if you focus only on questions, it's just going to feel not great. You need to learn how to sprinkle in reflections and summaries. Now, we're not going to go into all that because today is really just about ref- questions. But reflections are something as can be as simple as you feel really strongly about this. Or that must be frustrating. And summaries are as it sounds, just summarizing everything that's been said. Really powerful way to also kind of recap the conversation and reframe stuff. But think about using those and interspersing them. In therapy, there are some therapeutic approaches that emphasize reflections over questions. So motivational interviewing, if you want to get properly certified as a motivational interviewer, they have a ratio. They You have to record your sessions and actually have a ratio of two reflections for every one question. Uh, or three to one, I think it might be. But the point is, They really emphasize reflections over questions. And I agree, you know, reflections are really powerful and they're a great way of moving the conversation forward and showing somebody that you care because you're listening when done well. And they replace the need for questions. Overall, what we're trying to, what I'm trying to say is the more you can focus on not telling somebody something or giving an idea or telling them what they should be doing. The more you can slow down and be curious and ask questions or reflect, the better off you'll be. So there we have it. Reasons why you should be asking more questions and how to ask good questions. So if you have a moment, connect with me and tell me, do you agree or disagree? Am I way off base here? Are questions actually overblown and talked about too much? We need to actually slow down and actually spend more time just telling people what to do. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but tell me. Where do you land on this? Feel free to connect with me. Tell me what you think. Otherwise, next week, Lucy and I will be back where we're going to actually practice what happens when somebody crosses an emotional boundary of yours. You share something important and emotional, and they tell everybody else. How are you going to have that conversation with them to tell them they cross the, they cross the line with you? What are you going to say to them? So see you next week on this podcast.